Good afternoon and welcome to the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl, who talks about the group's focus heading into next week's federal election. As well, we'll hear more about the 16 finalists for the 2021-22 Cattlemen's Young Leaders Mentorship Program. The latest farm news and market numbers also coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Today, we're joined by Manitoba Port General Manager Cam Dahl, who talked about the group's focus heading into next week's federal election. For us at, at, at Manitoba Pork, I, I did mention that international market access and uh, a couple of things in there. It's important to negotiate trade agreements, uh, but we also have to make sure that they work. Um, and, uh, you know, to ensure that the access that we had thought we were going to get uh, actually materializes and, and isn't, uh, isn't wiped out by non-tariff trade barriers. And, and the CETA agreement is, is one that immediately comes to mind where um, you know, the export of, of meat products has been tied up in, in all sorts of, of red tape and um, non-science-based rules, and, and we're really not seeing the access that, that we expected. And then we also need governments to, to really put more resources in, into proactively dealing with uh, uh, non-tariff trade barriers and phytosanitary issues. And, you know, we can... We can stop some of these problems from becoming a crisis if, if we proactively try to work on them um, before they become a barrier. Uh, and we'd really like to see more resources put into uh, supporting uh, trade uh, after agreements are, are reached um, to, to ensure, that again, that those non-tariff trade barriers are, uh, are dealt with. And then the third trade area, of course, uh, you'll hear lots of this from, from people, is, is China. Um, China is, is the world's largest pork importer by, by a long country mile. Um, and I, I know that it's, it's difficult. Um, uh, the question of, of relationship with China is, is a very difficult one, um, but that's one that we need governments to address. Um, and then we also need to, uh, to ensure that we're, we're protecting our herd um, from diseases like African swine fever or, you know, production diseases that, uh, like PED that... Uh, significantly uh, decrease the the effectiveness and, and the efficiency of, of uh, production. One of those areas, you know, specifically to the prairies and, and to Manitoba that really needs more focus is, is wild pigs. Um, they're, they're on the edge of, of becoming a problem that we won't be able to eliminate. Uh, we still do have a, a chance to eradicate them. Um, but we need action and we need a commitment from, uh, from candidates that they're going to take this problem uh, to, uh, to Ottawa. If we don't, um, we're going to have a, a potential disease reservoir for, for a long time. And just to give you an example, uh, African swine fever is in the German uh, uh, pig herd now, and it was, it was shifted from, from wild, wild boar to, uh, to the domestic herd in Germany, uh, first by a farm with four pigs and, and then with a farm with six pigs. And, and so it, it uh, it doesn't take much to uh, to completely shut down an industry. So those are a couple areas, and, and of course we're we're also focused on on environment and sustainability, and, and looking for support for uh, for the research that the industry is is carrying out in that regard as well. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. 
And now for a look at today's farm news. Manitoba Agriculture says substantial rains over the past few weeks have meant that hay and pasture land has now greened up. And livestock producers are intensively managing regrowth areas to support fall grazing. Carson Callum is general manager of Manitoba Beef Producers. After talking with our, our many of our directors, it seems like those rains helped um, pasture conditions a great deal, various areas. It's kind of amazing some of the regrowth uh, that has happened after that grass went dormant and looked like uh, nothing was there. There's, there's sure a lot more green out there than there there was even in the spring from basically what we're hearing from our directors. Yeah, it's good to see, and but there's still you know, lots to consider moving into the fall and uh, the impacts for next year. Callum says dugout levels remain low. The NDP has released its agriculture platform ahead of the September 20th federal election. Here's candidate Margaret Smith. We would be um, supporting sustainable agriculture, which helps people to, to cope with Things like drought and uh, grasshoppers, we're making sure that uh, we're working with the agricultural sector so that uh, we help them to access low-carbon tools and technology and, and uh, to adapt better, you know, to, through sustainable kinds of practices in farming so that they can adapt to these uh, climate-induced weather changes and other aspects. Of, of climate change crisis. And Kansas City Southern has announced plans to terminate its $33.6 billion deal with CN Rail in favor of a $31 billion deal with CP Rail. Both takeover offers are in U.S. dollars and include debt. But the U.S. Surface Transportation Board has rejected CN's plan to use a voting trust to complete the deal while approving it for CP Rail. That will allow KCS shareholders to be paid before the U.S. regulator completes its review. That was a look at your farm news for today. I'm Candace Dirksen. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Ag Wire for Monday, September 13th. I'm Candace Dirksen. Coming up today, we'll have details on the Cattlemen's Young Leaders Program. The Cattlemen's Young Leaders Mentorship Program, a national youth initiative of the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, has announced the 16 finalists for the 2021-22 program year. Here's Youth Leadership Coordinator Jessica Rado. Yeah, so the Cattlemen's Young Leaders Program, or CYL program as we like to call it, is a national youth initiative under the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. And it provides young people ages 18 to 35 with industry-specific training. And we do this by matching them with a mentor in their specific area of interest in the beef industry. And uh, throughout that experience, we also provide them different skill-building training opportunities and workshops and uh, give them a chance to network with different industry stakeholders and within their peer group uh, along the way. So uh, we held our our selections event on Monday, August 30th, which is exciting where we pick our 16 program participants for the year. So we had uh, 23 very impressive semifinalists from uh, all across Canada and various areas of the beef industry that did an excellent job. And uh, yeah, we're excited to announce the results here this week. 16 finalists, as you mentioned here this year, any highlights this year? Yeah. So uh, exciting this year is that we've got, a participant from Quebec, Victor Drury, 
and uh, a participant from Labrador this year, Darren Dinsmore. And this is the first time we've had someone in the CYL program from each of those provinces. So it just allows that, you know, greater connection with the people in the program of, you know, meeting more peers across the country and uh, learning about beef production in, in a different province there. So really excited for that opportunity and having their insight involved in the program. Now, I know um, COVID has sort of complicated things over the past uh, year or so here. Um, you know, how are things going to look uh, th- this time around? Yeah, so going forward, um, you know, we're hoping to get back to some different in-person opportunities on a case-by-case basis. But I think the thing that we've learned and many people have learned throughout COVID as well is that although virtual may not be ideal in all situations, is that it's worked well in some instances for these young people that are balancing responsibilities on the farm, off-farm jobs, uh, you know, in a young family. So sometimes when you can just log on to a computer to connect with your peers and take in those different workshops, uh, that's been an advantage. So, uh, you know, we're going to hopefully get back to as much in-person as we can, uh, depending how things go, but, um, you know, continue those virtual webinars where we've looked at different topics like uh, animal health, succession planning, uh, you know, and we've done that in collaboration with our program sponsors. So uh, looking forward to hopefully getting into a hybrid format. Going forward here, we'll have some graduates from, from previous programs as well. Yeah, so our 2019 group that had their time in the program extended another year and our 2020 group, uh, so around 32 participants will be graduating here at the end of September. And although we can't get together in person, we're going to be having a virtual event with program sponsors and their mentors. And uh, I think it's a really important milestone that we recognize and celebrate, too, as it's been such a hectic year for everyone. And these young people have still dedicated time to personal development to further their careers and their operations, and which is really exciting. So uh, we're looking forward to celebrating with them and seeing what they go on to accomplish. Uh, Since the program was established in 2010, we've seen over 120 young people go on to uh, succeed in various leadership roles within the industry. So exciting to see what challenges and opportunities these graduates will tackle. And talk a little bit about the, uh, I guess, the mentor uh, side of things. Have those been selected yet? And, And I guess just talk about what they bring to the program. Yeah, so our mentors are, I mean, the backbone of the program. And without their support and these industry leaders reaching a hand back to help further, uh, you know, the next generation, it's just such an asset to these young people to have that resource. So uh, our next steps in the program with these 16 finalists that have been selected, and near the end of the month we're going to be hosting calls with them where we're going to hear from them about you know, what specific area they're interested in the beef industry, what goals do they, do they have, what could a mentor help them achieve. And then with that information, uh, we have a committee of program sponsors and various industry stakeholders that will uh, do some brainstorming and come up with some ideas of who we could approach as different mentors and get to work on finding these young people a match to help them succeed in their specific area of the beef industry. So uh, once those mentorship pairs are finalized, it's a a nine-month mentorship that they have together. And, uh, you know, really exciting to see 
our group that's graduating, uh, you know, where they started off and what goals they've accomplished with the help of their mentors throughout the year. So really crucial part and excited to get started on that here with our 16 finalists soon. That was Jessica Ratto, Youth Leadership Coordinator for the Canadian Cattlemen's Young Leaders Mentorship Program. That's it for the Prairie Agwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Agwire will return Tuesday on the Golden West Farm Network. And now for a look at your farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held Tuesday evenings at 7 o'clock. These interactive webinars allow participants to view presentations as well as ask questions in real time. Pre-registration is required, so contact Melissa Atchison at 204-264-0294 or email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is available online. This is endorsed by the province of Manitoba and Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Visit huntercourse.com to register. Keystone Agricultural Producers is offering an agri-recovery webinar September 14th at 9 a.m. Visit the CAP website for more information or to register. Set up for a successful harvest with Canada's Outdoor Farm Show happening as an online event September 15th. For more information, visit OutdoorFarmShow.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation's call for letters of interest is open with over $9 million available in the granting pool. Here's Program Manager Tim Sopuck. Well, we've, uh, we've opened uh, a two-stage process. So at this point, groups submit a letter of intent. Uh, it's basically... Uh, simple description of what they want to do, an indication of how much money they are seeking, and then um, all of the letters of intent that are accepted go forward to a full application process. And that full application process begins uh, in October, and there's uh, we go through a number of steps, and uh, we're expecting to be able to have uh, funds or grants announced to organizations uh, in the spring of 2022. How much can can each organization uh, receive, and and what can that money be used for? Right, uh, there, there's a range of activities. Um, uh, quite a bit of money is uh, focused on supporting watershed management plans that watershed districts implement through their grow program. So you would expect uh, an emphasis on small water retention structures, retention of wetlands. Um, uh, restoring buffer strips along waterways, uh, improving pasture management practices, those kinds of things. And then more broadly, uh, in the sort of world of conservation more broadly, we see a number of projects that are a bit more focused on um, enhancing or restoring habitat areas like grasslands, woodlands, or wetlands, um, improvement of the ways in which uh, current conservation lands are being uh, are being managed. So there's, uh, Corey, there's quite a range of activities going on. It's all focused really in the agricultural landscape, and uh, all of it is designed to uh, support activities that work in cooperation with uh, producers uh, so that you know, conservation can be 
implemented hand-in-hand with agricultural production rather than you know, one or the other. And Tim, uh, tell us a little bit about, um, I guess, some of the projects that have already received uh, funding and, and uh, just how things are going with some of those. Sure. Uh, one example of the Manitoba Forage and Grasslands Association has uh, received funding to uh, work with landowners to develop uh, grassland cover around wetlands, basically uh, some of those areas on the you know, on, on wetland fringes that are sometimes hard to farm. Uh, incentives here give the producers the chance to uh, uh, expand uh, some of their forage lands, uh, maybe deal with some salinity issues, and take a hay harvest, for example, uh, from those lands that have been uh, converted to grasslands. That, that to me, that's a good example that works hand in hand with agricultural producers, and you know some challenges that they may have when they have wetlands on their property. Just tell us uh, to wrap things up. You know how to how do groups apply, and and tell us, uh, I guess, some of the details there. Sure. The easiest thing for groups to do is go to our website, www.mhhc.mb.ca, and they'll see a button that directs them to the trust, and uh, all the information is uh, is there. There's a simple eligibility quiz that gets people started to make sure they're eligible to apply. And then from that point on, uh, it's an electronic system that uh, is basically like filling out any other form online. Uh, they can go online and and submit a letter of intent uh, to get the process going. It's very exciting uh, for our organization to be able to uh, make this annual call for proposals. We've uh, committed almost $20 million so far to... Uh, 44 organizations, 119 projects over the last three years, and this is all coming because uh, the provincial government saw fit to uh, establish three trust funds for conservation with um, initial contributions of over $200 million. So uh, very thankful that the province of Manitoba decided to do this in the first place because a lot of good things are, are happening as a result. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. And now for another look at your farm news. The NDP has released its agriculture platform ahead of the September 20th federal election. Here's candidate Margaret Smith. One of the key important things is being able to provide childcare resources in all rural areas so that women can be involved in farming. You know, when you've got the challenges of having to provide for daycare, childcare, you don't have those opportunities provided to women because they tend to be the ones who are the caretakers of children. Livestock producers are intensively managing regrowth areas to support fall grazing following substantial rain that fell in many areas over the past few weeks. We asked Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum if dugout levels were also improving. No, uh, that's the, I think, a glaring issue still is that the rains definitely helped with the pasture regrowth. Um, but the dugouts just uh, weren't recharging um, for the most part, at least what we're hearing across from some of our members and directors. It's a lot of that rain must have been used up. And the board of Kansas City Southern has ruled that a takeover offer from Canadian Pacific Railway is a superior proposal to its agreement with Canadian National Railway. As a result, the U.S. Railway says it plans to terminate its deal with CN and sign a definitive agreement with CP Rail, which has made a proposal valued at about $31 billion U.S., including debt. CN now has five business days to make changes to its offer to win back the support of the KCS board. That was a look at your farm news for today. I'm Candace Dirksen. 
And we've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Candace Dirksen. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email at thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on Farm Market News. I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. We'll meet you back here tomorrow at 12 o'clock.